Welcome to a new edition of the KPMG Talking Automotive podcast series. I'm Matt Weiss, and I'm pleased to be joined, as always, by KPMG's global automotive leader, Gary Silberg. Gary, how are you today? I'm doing great, Matt, and delighted to get to talk to you today. Well, Gary, it's always great to talk to you. And for those who missed our last episode, we talked about the latest and greatest insights from you and the team here at KPMG. It's called Place Your Billion Dollar Bets Wisely, Powertrain Strategies for the Post-Ice Automotive Industry. And Gary, I'm glad uh, you were able to find time for us because this paper has taken off. You've been all over the place. You've been on TV and in print media. And Gary, I was hoping that you might be able to provide our audience with just a brief summation of of sort of the main premise of the paper for those who might have missed our previous episode where we started to talk about uh, some of the main takeaways. Yeah, thanks, Matt. And it's been quite exciting, you know at least for my mother and my uh, wife and my family to see me <laughs> on TV. <laughs> no, Gary, you're no stranger to people who tune in, right? Stranger to TV. <laughs> no, but thank you. And no, but the paper really has taken off because I think the implications of what we talked about is quite profound. So let me just repeat for those who didn't listen to our last podcast or have not had a chance yet to read the paper. The thesis of the paper is as follows. Our great automotive industry has gone through amazing changes through the, literally the last hundred years and developed these terrific, cool products. And uh, but the one thing that has occurred through the last hundred years that hasn't changed and has been the one constant is it's essentially been done with one powertrain, the internal combustion engine. And now what we have are seeing is that this reign, as we called it, of king ice internal combustion engine is ending and it's not going away and I want to be very clear about that and what is going to emerge is something a lot more complex risky but also creates massive opportunities at the same time and what we think will emerge is what we call a mosaic of powertrains so yes you will have battery electric vehicles and you'll see in the paper how many of those and there's new 200 billion dollar bets of, uh, of those that we've, we've heard, but there will also be hydrogen vehicles and there will be hybrid vehicles and there will be natural gas vehicles, perhaps, and even solar. You have to think about the world in the next 10 to 20 years and open up your mind to new technological breakthroughs. And lastly, as importantly, is that there will be internal combustion engines for a while because you know, literally 4 billion people on the planet, even if they wanted to plug in their car today, do not even have the infrastructure um, around the world, and let alone in, in even in rich countries that need to invest more in infrastructure. So that's the future world. It, we call it a mosaic, and it is super exciting, but there are going to be clear winners and losers, Matt, clear winners and losers, and hence why we titled the paper, Place Your Billion Dollar Bets Wisely. As we said on the last episode, we could spend an hour on it. There's so many nuances. Today, I want to focus on something, Gary, that we teased out in the last episode. One of the finer points of the paper, you talk about the sweeping structural change that the industry can expect, uh, as you talked about, as this mosaic emerges. And one of those nuances, Gary, has to deal with the internal combustion engine, what you and the team say could be a massive ice manufacturing over capacity, uh, you project that 
if we say that 30% battery electric vehicle penetration forecast that you have by 2030, if that's even close to accurate, there could be 40 million units per year of excess ice manufacturing capacity globally. Um, profound implications, Gary. Could you explain that more to, to our audience? I think people intellectually understand this, but when you get into the data and the actual details, the implications are, are profound. So what we did in the paper is we, uh, we looked at every single manufacturing plant in the, in the globe. We studied their capacity, uh, how much capacity that they have. You know, we looked in, in the paper of where could battery electric vehicles be, let's say, in nine years from now, 2030-ish. And, and there's seven or eight. We looked at the expert class. I, and I think humility is in order here. Humility is definitely in order because nobody knows. But we took kind of a midpoint of these eight experts or so and just picked a heuristic of 30% BEV globally, three out of 10 cars. Um, and if you apply that ratio to today's automotive ice capacity, that would imply 40 million vehicle overcapacity. Just to put that in perspective, Matt, you know, in a good year, we sell, you know, we would love to sell 100 million vehicles. Now, in 2030, we should hopefully be there even more. You know, last year with COVID, it was like, I don't remember, in the 70s-ish or what, I may be off on that. But, you know, think of 100 million vehicles. So that would imply 40% overcapacity approximately in ICE vehicles. Now, the flip side, and people tell me this when I've talked to them about, but right, Gary, but aren't they going to have to build electric vehicle factories? And the answer is absolutely yes. But let me, uh, the devil is more in the details. So first of all, to the amount of employment to, uh, uh, in today's assembly plants is significantly higher than is what is required for a battery electric vehicle uh, assembly plant, significantly higher. And the other thing that's interesting about this is, um, you know, twofold. One is politically. Think about this. This is not great for political perspective if it's not handled. And I'm not talking about the U.S. I'm talking globally. This is an issue. Is shutting down assembly plants with great paying jobs. And the reason it's difficult because what replaces it may not go in your country. So if you're in Eastern Europe and you have a auto ice plant, you may not get the new battery electric plant in your country. It could go somewhere else. Maybe it's closer to where the lithium's located or the iron, you know, or the uh, uh, aluminum, you know, who knows where that's going to be. So this really, really is going to be a situation that people have to be cognizant of. I'm very confident, by the way, that the industry knows how to handle this. They will be able to handle it, but it is certainly going to stir the pot a little bit and it's going to cause big issues in terms of the supply chain. The last point I want to make about this that I think is critical, we are not even counting the multiplier effect of the suppliers in this network. And it is a multiplier effect. You have tier one suppliers, tier two suppliers, tier three suppliers. Think about it this way simplistically. If you're a tier one supplier and most of your business is in internal combustion engine type of vehicles related to that, and you know that in 10 years from now, I'm going to lose 30% of my business. Am I going to invest in that more? Am I going to make it if I'm a, a lower part of the paper? So there's going to be mergers. There's going to be acquisitions. There's going to be bankruptcies. This is going to cause tremendous amount of upheaval in an existing supply chain that basically, basically hasn't changed 
um, uh, in the last hundred years. This is not something they've ever had to really worry about. All they had to worry about was the following, Matt. You know, are we going to sell 90 million cars or 95 million cars? It wasn't, are we going to sell 10% of those going to be ICE engines and or whatever, 80% ICE engine and 10 BEV and 12%, you know, hydrogen. They've never had to deal with this problem. And this is this is the really exciting part of the paper and the exciting part of the opportunity. And this is a scary part and why we think people better place their bets wisely. Gary, it, it really is a great paper, and I uh, would encourage those uh, who didn't get to listen to the last episode of our podcast to do that. And of course, listening to this episode, it gives you a great sense of the paper. And a, and a final plug, I'll say before we sign off today, for those who want to read the paper, be sure to visit the KPMG Institutes page. You go to institutes.kpmg.us, go to the U.S. Manufacturing Institute, and there you will find this paper and all the other great papers that Gary and the team have put out. So, Gary, thanks for your time today, as always, and your insights and perspectives. And we want to thank all of you who tuned in to this episode of the KPMG Talking Automotive podcast, and we hope to catch you again next time.